So the case of Minnesota versus Derek Chauvin is now in the hands of the jury. So the city of Minneapolis is on edge. Heck, the entire nation is on edge as a trial that was about the alleged bad acts of one man has taken on the persona of a national commentary on the relationship between law enforcement and minority communities. So what were the final closing arguments from both the state and the defense? Well, you're about to find out. I'm Joshua Roberts, attorney at law, and you are watching Lawyer Up. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at the closing arguments for the state, and we're going to be looking at the closing arguments for the defendant in regard to the three charges. We have three felony charges for second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter that have been filed against Derek Chauvin in regards to the death of George Floyd. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, and share. And recall that Lawyer Up is now available on all major podcast formats. So let's get to it. The prosecutor's closing argument. Now, it was very lengthy, but at its core, their position was that but for Derek Chauvin's knee to the neck, his unreasonable use of force, and his assault of George Floyd for 9 minutes and 29 seconds, Floyd would have lived through the day of May 25th, 2020. The state walked the jury through the restraint, which was evidenced by several videos and lots of eyewitness testimony, going step by step as George Floyd cried out, I can't breathe. And then he faded and ultimately passed out. And the state stressed that despite his obvious failing health, that Derek Chauvin's physical assault continued heartlessly for nine and a half minutes. And the state kept calling it assault, which is required for a conviction of second-degree murder. Now, the prosecutor further alleged that kneeling on Floyd's neck was most certainly a substantial factor in his death. And that's all they have to prove in regard to causation. This is a big issue. The state doesn't have to prove that Chauvin was the only factor in Floyd's death. They don't even have to prove that Chauvin was the main factor in Floyd's death. All the state has to prove is that he was a substantial factor in causing the death of George Floyd. Now, the state's arguments were bolstered by testimony from the police use of force experts during the trial and also officers during the trial, which described Derek Chauvin's conduct as, quote, totally uncalled for, unreasonable, excessive, and not in accordance with police procedures. And the state's case was bolstered by medical experts who stated that the underlying health conditions, the drug usage, the potential for carbon monoxide poisoning, none of those were severe enough to have caused George Floyd's death on May 25th. And the state also repeatedly referred to the autopsy report. They talked about the manner of death being homicide, which is a death at the hands of another. And the cause of death was officially cardiopulmonary arrest, complicating law enforcement subdual, restraint, and neck compression. Now, when they broke that down, they talked about cardiopulmonary arrest. That is the stopping of both the heart 
and the lungs, cardio heart, pulmonary lungs. Complicating. Now, the medical examiner said that complicating means in the environment of. So we had this stopping of both the heart and lungs in the environment of law enforcement subdual restraint and neck compression. And those were the basic arguments from the state as to the acts, the actions of Derek Chauvin. Now, the tougher arguments are to deal with the mental state of mind that the prosecutor has to show uh, and has to prove to have the defendant found guilty. So whether it be showing that Derek Chauvin had a depraved mind or was guilty of culpable negligence as to George Floyd, it's difficult to do. So to show this criminal intent, the state relied on the duration of time, the nine minutes and 29 seconds that Floyd was in the prone position, which in and of itself can cause positional asphyxia. And the fact that the majority of that time, Derek Chauvin had his knee pressed into the neck of George Floyd as he continued to inflict pain, even after George Floyd lay motionless. In addition, the prosecutors argued that the fact that they failed to render aid and administer CPR after the officers discovered that there was no pulse, that further evidenced intent, it evidenced a depraved mind, which is required for the third-degree murder charge, and of culpable negligence, which is required for the second-degree manslaughter charge. And then the state walked the jury through each verdict director for each charge, and they explained how each part of the state's evidence supported a conviction on each count. And ultimately, the state said that Floyd's last words were the iconic, I can't breathe. And they said that while the bystanders outside the Cup Foods didn't have the opportunity to help George Floyd that day, that this jury does. Interesting closing arguments for the state. Now, then the defense took over. And the defendant's attorney initially spent a lot of time just stressing the presumption of innocence and that the state was required to prove things beyond a reasonable doubt. But then defendant's attorney, Eric Nelson, also walked the jury through the arrest and the restraint that day. But he started 17 minutes earlier in the day. He explained that Derek Chauvin walked up upon a chaotic situation that he had been called to to assist officers who were attempting to take George Floyd into custody. And when Derek Chauvin walked up, George Floyd was actively resisting being placed in the back of the squad car. The defense criticized the state for boiling the case down to nine minutes and 29 seconds because it ignored the totality of the circumstances and the previous 16 minutes and 59 seconds where Floyd was actively resisting arrest. And the defense argued it was this resistance that required Chauvin to go hands-on and justified his use of force in this circumstance. Now, the defendant's position throughout the trial has been that he was simply doing what he had been trained to do over the last 19 years of being a police officer. And they repeatedly said that he was acting as any reasonable police officer would have done. And that's the key word, reasonable police officer. In fact, NBC News reported that the defense attorney said reasonable police officer 118 times during his closing argument. 
Now, I get he's trying to make a point, but somebody buy that man a thesaurus, right? But I digress. So the defendant argued that Derek Chauvin's use of force was authorized. It was reasonable. It was justified, and therefore no crime could have occurred. Now, when they moved to the cause of death, the defense argued that there was a combination of factors that led to the unfortunate death of George Floyd. This included his severe heart disease. This included having an enlarged heart, which required more oxygen than normal. This included fentanyl intoxication. This included methamphetamine use, carbon monoxide poisoning, and a massive adrenaline dump that was due in part to the struggle and in part to a tumor that he had. The defense argued that Derek Chauvin's actions were just a tiny part, just a little part of the overall event that led to George Floyd's death. So specifically, the defense argued that the police subdual and restraint was not a substantial factor in his death. And that's important because substantial factor is going to be the key to innocence or guilty. Now, the defense's arguments themselves were bolstered by the defendant's police use of force expert at trial that described Derek Chauvin's conduct as objectively reasonable and in accordance with police procedures. He denied that Derek Chauvin's actions constituted deadly force or were an assault, and he reiterated that he believed Derek Chauvin was just doing the job that he was trained to do. The defense also reminded the jury of their medical expert testimony, who had stated that he would have classified the cause of death as undetermined because of the volume of contributing factors that led to his death. Now, in regard to the mental state, the defense argued that Derek Chauvin wasn't exhibiting a depraved mind or culpable negligence at all, but that the duration of the subdual, the 9 minutes and 29 seconds, was a result of Chauvin being forced to divide his attention between the increasingly hostile crowd, between traffic that was in the area and George Floyd, including George Floyd's initial continued resistance when he was on the ground. And that because of all these factors, the crowd, George Floyd initially resisting in traffic, that Derek Chauvin actually had no idea that Floyd was actually in such physical distress. And that was the defense's arguments in closing. Now, in the state's rebuttal, the government basically walked back all of the defendants' excuses, repeatedly calling them stories, right, as opposed to the facts that were being presented by the government. And it was at that point that the case was submitted to the jury. Now, the jury will be sequestered during deliberations, meaning they can't go home. They're going to deliberate together, and then they're going to go back to a hotel, and then they're going to come back the next day if they haven't decided and deliberate until they have a decision. And remember that all 12 jurors must agree to reach a verdict. So this may take a while. Judge Cahill said to hope for short deliberations, but prepare for a long one. And if the comments on my videos during this trial are any indication, people are all over the place on guilt or innocence. So let me know what you think. Put them in the comment sections below. Is he guilty? Is he not guilty? Is he maybe guilty of one charge but not another? Let me know what you think. So that's the episode on the closing arguments. I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, hit that like button for me. If you want to keep up on legal topics and current events in the law, hit that subscribe button and subscribe to the channel. 
And as always, I love it when you guys share me on social media. Again, my name is Joshua Roberts, attorney at law, and you've been watching Lawyer Up. Send lawyers, guns, and money. 